0: Hello, this is your Fertility Pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Hi, I'm Elise, your Fertility Pharmacist. On today's podcast episode, I'll be covering an interesting medication combination used for ovulation induction in PCOS. The research was published three weeks ago in the Journal of Assisted Reproduction and Genetics. And the title of this research article is, Ovulation Induction with Letrozole and Dexamethasone in Infertile Patients with Letrozole-Resistant Polycystic Ovary Syndrome. Though the title explains the gist of the study design, you'll probably understand the research better if you have a bit of context. Polycystic Ovary Syndrome a.k.a. PCOS, is the most common cause for ovulation-related infertility. With PCOS, women often have high levels of androgen hormones as well as irregular and infrequent menstrual cycles. To help women with PCOS ovulate in order to conceive, women will often take an oral medicine called letrozole. There are many different dosing strategies using letrozole for ovulation induction which I explained in detail in September 2020 in podcast episode 19. While a major trial that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine showed that yes, letrozole works significantly better than a drug called clomiphene to induce ovulation, between 30 to 50% of women in that trial who took letrozole did not respond with the desired ovulation. Since that trial ended, Lots of other research has looked at women who did not respond to an initial course of letrozole, and there are several next steps these women could take. Some of these steps include taking higher doses of letrozole, taking letrozole for longer periods of time, or combining letrozole with clomiphene. There are even more hardcore next steps that include taking injections of gonadotropins, having a surgery called laparoscopic ovarian drilling, or move on to IVF. And these three options are clearly more expensive and more invasive. Since getting pregnant should ideally be as affordable and as painless as possible, it makes sense then that this study wanted to see if women who did not respond to letrozole can simply add on another affordable oral medication called dexamethasone. Dexamethasone is a corticosteroid and steroids tend to impact blood glucose levels. Many women with PCOS also have insulin resistance and glucose issues. So, even though the authors note that they have, in practice, used higher doses of dexamethasone, in this trial, they presumably chose to study lower doses of dex for safety reasons. Hopefully, this is enough of a background, and with that, I'll tell you how this study was set up. Taking place at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota over three years, 2019 to 2022, this was a retrospective look into the medical records of all infertile women, ages 18 to 35, who had PCOS, letrozole resistance, and were trying to induce ovulation by adding dexamethasone to letrozole. They found 28 women who had done 42 combinations of dex and letrozole fertility cycles, which isn't a ton of women or cycles. However, the electronic health records had a lot of detail, including baseline glucose tests and assessments of partner sperm quality. It's worth noting that none of the patients in the trial used donor sperm. All of these women had taken letrozole up to 7.5 milligrams by mouth for 5 days. If the women did not have a dominant ovarian follicle seen on an ultrasound, After taking that letrozole, they were considered resistant to letrozole. These women then repeated five more days of 7.5 milligrams of letrozole and added on a half milligram of oral dexamethasone for seven days. If thereafter women had a dominant follicle seen on ultrasound, they were instructed to use ovulation prediction kits for timed intercourse. If the woman and her provider agreed, The woman could also inject human chorionic gonadotropin, aka HCG, to use with the timed intercourse or with intrauterine insemination. Ovulation was confirmed by one of the following. If the ovulation prediction kit turned positive, if the woman got her period at an appropriate time after treatment, or if she became pregnant. Women who were pregnant were followed out to giving birth, which counted after a baby was delivered that was at least 22 weeks old. Now that you've heard the gist of the study setup, let's get into results. As mentioned, the study looked at 28 women with letrozole-resistant PCOS who did 42 total cycles of dex plus letrozole, which for brevity, going forward, I'll call dexlet. The vast majority of these women were white, their median age was 30, and their median BMI was also 30 which indicates obesity. No women reported side effects from taking Dexlet. Most women did one or two Dexlet cycles. 80% responded, while 20% did not. The major difference between the responders and the non-responders was that the non-responders had a longer duration of infertility of three years versus the non-responders having just one year of infertility. Worth noting, though, There was also a trend towards the non-responders having lower levels of an androgen hormone, which for short is called DHEAS. 22 of 28 women's partners had normal semen analyses, and for the 6 with missing data, 5 had proven fertility, which though it wasn't explained, I would interpret to mean that those men had previously conceived. Looking beyond the 80% who responded to dexlet ovulation, 20% of those women gave birth after a dexlet cycle, and cumulatively, 32% of these women went on to give birth. There's more I can share, and it's going to go in the show notes. You are armed with the information needed to think about what these results actually mean. First, this was a fairly small study, and it didn't even have 30 women in it it wasn't powered to detect a lot of potentially important differences like whether or not the lower DHEAS levels seen in those non-responders if this was important. The study also didn't test glucose levels, so we don't know for sure if the low doses of dexamethasone impacted blood sugar in those women who were likely predisposed to glucose intolerance. Most importantly, It's hard to tease out if the dex part of Dex actually helped. The women potentially might have been responding to taking letrozole for a longer period of time. The authors acknowledged all these weaknesses. They even noted a January 2023 study out of China that suggests that putting women on 10 days of letrozole improves ovulation for PCOS with letrozole resistance. It seems like it'd be easy to improve on the current study by testing more women who are letrozole resistant with PCOS and having one group that takes just letrozole for that longer period and then having another group that takes Dexlet. The authors didn't mention whether or not they look for women at their clinic who had done the 10 days of letrozole alone, but it would be an opportunity for them to follow up on this paper plus publish one more time. The rates of giving birth in this trial were similar to the ones seen in the New England Journal of Medicine, and the women there were not considered letrozole-resistant. So based on this info, the authors concluded that adding dex to letrozole increased ovulation rates. However, since this small study lacked a useful comparator arm, I'm not so certain. I'd go so far as to say, sure, add dex to letrozole, it likely won't harm and could possibly benefit women with PCOS who didn't respond the first time to letrozole. More research is needed, but this isn't a bad take two before moving on to more expensive and invasive infertility treatment. With that, it's time to wrap up the episode. As ever, there are links and more details in the show notes, which you can find at www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in.